Good morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Monica is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. And Monica, I, I can't resist the pun. Today's show is going to the dogs. <laughs> and you'll excuse me if I give you a groaner. <laughs> well, our guests will both talk about dogs, and, and later we'll look at a feature from the BBB.org website that warns against puppy scams. Since March 2020, we've spent more time indoors, and with the current states of emergency lockdown and stay-at-home directive, besides trips for essentials, walking the dog is one of the things that gets people out of the house. Doug Hamilton of Pets Plus Obedience Training School Limited will join us later to discuss the impacts of this constant contact with our faithful companions. And that begs the question, if you don't have a dog to walk, is this a good time to bring a pet into your life? That's just one of the questions we'll ask our first guest this morning, Kent Latanzio, Operations Manager at London Animal Care Centre. Good morning, Kent, and welcome to Ask BBB. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Jim. So has there been an increase in pet adoptions in the past year? Here in our community in London, um, our pet adoptions are always uh, very strong. I would say this year, the biggest shift we have seen is when the cats or dogs uh, are available for adoption, they are being adopted out on the first day that they're available versus, uh, you know, being in the shelter three to five days on average. You know, I've worked in this industry, fortunate to work in this industry for some time now. And it was around 2014 uh, when City Council had made a request and a mandate to try to achieve 90% uh, live release rates. Uh, for dogs and cats out of the, out of the shelter. Um, that was uh, quite an integral shift and certainly something everybody wanted to move towards. Uh, there were programs that were changed and adjusted at that time. And uh, I am happy to report that uh, those numbers are being achieved. So we're, you know, over the last three years, 2018 to 2020 even, uh, we're at 92% live release rates, which is um, just an incredible success for any community to be able to rehome that many animals. So we are getting calls and uh, there, is a, there is a great demand this year and uh, we do see that change. So there isn't uh, particularly a, an increase in demand, but it, just the time frame has, has changed. So That's what is correct. The, the process, uh, if it can happen that quickly, uh, what's the process, Kent? Well, we've, uh, because of uh, the current situation, we've moved to virtual adoptions. So if someone goes to our website uh, at accpets.ca, uh, they can uh, go online and at any given time uh, view what we have in our shelter. Uh, as soon as they're available for adoption, they can call in or email us and it starts the adoption ball rolling. So with adoptions, there's, you know, sometimes a better option to consider than just, you know, new puppies. Um, because if you get a pet and the owner and the pet don't turn out to be necessarily the best match, they are some easier options from an adoption agency than sometimes from a breeder. So can we talk a little bit about, you know, what can happen in that case? We get quite a variety of ages, uh, behaviors and personalities. And at the end of the day, uh, through the adoption process, we try to match that up uh, as close as possible. But in any uh, industry or community that's doing this type of work, you're going to have some 
uh, situations that don't work out. If that's the case, um, we generally will bring the dog or the cat back in and try to find a better match. So Ken, where are these animals that are available for adoption typically coming from? So we're responsible for uh, the municipality of, of London. And so there are strays that come in uh, from the streets uh, that have either been out loose uh, or uh, with dogs, our officers will patrol and confine those dogs for public safety measures. If people find cats, they can bring them to the shelter and we will take them in at that time. So really uh, from the community. Um, a lot of times they're licensed uh, or microchipped and we're able to return those pets to the owners. Uh, when they're not claimed, they're held here uh, for a three day time period uh, for an owner to come in and identify their pet and uh, get it back home. But unfortunately in this industry, there are those situations where they're not claimed and we have to rehome those animals. Speaking of licenses, uh, we're into a new year. When, when do we have to renew the licenses for our pets and, and what's involved in that? So the licensing runs from January 1st to December 31st. Uh, you, you're required by law to, to renew those by January 1st every year. We collect information on the breed, breed of the dog or the cat. Also, there is pit bull licensing, uh, which is a little more in-depth process uh, for licensing. Generally, if you're wanting to license your pet, you can call us. We can uh, facilitate that uh, online or through the mail. The London Animal Care Centre provides animal bylaw enforcement services for the City of London. Uh, what's the most frequent bylaw violation that, that you're called upon to respond to, Kent? Oh, that's a good question. We, we have a myriad of bylaws that we enforce with respect to animals, but I would say probably dogs that are uh, escaping their property or the uh, leash bylaw, so off leash. And how are people, you know, reporting a violation so that, you know, you would become aware of it? Right. Uh, I would say the majority of those are coming in as phone calls. You can respond uh, via email to our dispatch department as well, but I would say probably 95% are by phone. And we respond to approximately 15,000 bylaw complaints a year. So a big part of the services that you offer is really, um, you know, required to have volunteers to support it. How, what, you know, what role are volunteers playing and how do people enroll to be able to be a volunteer? Uh, volunteers over the years have become an integral part of our processes here. Under the current situation, we've had to uh, stop our volunteer programs, but we have two particular ones. One is our dog walking, which is uh, really excellent for getting the dogs uh, out of their cages um, we also have a volunteer program, which is fostering. Uh, we have peak periods where kittens uh, we prefer are off-site um, and being cared for in a quieter environment, environment and also an environment where there's less likelihood that they would uh, get an illness. So those uh, volunteers, we have lists of those and uh, they really help us out. Kent, right now, as people are listening, um, can you tell us how many uh, dogs there might be available for 
adoption at this point and uh, what the number to call might be or the process might be to get them started? So like I was saying, our intake is is down quite a bit and uh, you'd be surprised. We probably only have about two dogs and maybe three to five cats in the shelter right now. Uh, but that changes all the time. And uh, they can go online at www.accpets.ca and go to our adoption uh, animals that are available. They can view that at any time. They can call us uh, or they can even email us as well if they have an interest in a pet that is available for adoption. Well, Kent, thank you very much. We, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you kindly. Kent Latanzio is the operations manager at London Animal Healthcare Centre, and he's been our guest this morning. London Animal uh, Care Centre is an accredited business with the BBB with an A-plus rating, and you can reach them through the BBB.org business directory. After a short break, we'll return to learn how to get your dog to listen when you give a command. And we are back with more on Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with our co-host Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. We are talking about dogs today on Ask BBB. We learned some of the ins and outs of pet adoption from our first guest. And now we welcome Doug Hamilton, owner of Pets Plus Obedience Training School Limited. It's great to have you on the show this morning with us, Doug. Thank you. So humans are at home all day and our pets are home too. So does this change the relationship between the dog owner and the dog? Uh, yes, it's important to remember to, to keep the dog's schedule the same. Um, if your dog is normally crated, then we want to keep the dog's crate time similar to what we would be doing normal day in a, in a normal uh, day pre-COVID. Uh, if the dog is kept in a certain spot uh, than normally pre-COVID, uh, then we'd probably keep them in that spot for periods of time during the day. Um, bottom line is if you change the dog's perception that you're there all the time, um, then, and then you go back to work in the future after uh, we can lead a normal life again, uh, then the dog could develop some separation anxiety. Before the break, we said that we'd talk about uh, how to get your dog to, to listen. Do dogs have selective hearing just like children and, and spouses, Doug? Uh, no, uh, they don't. What the bottom line is, is we teach them not to listen. So um, by repeating commands over and over again, not following through what our expectations are, um, the dog learns that you say it 15 times and then finally you get frustrated and make them do it. So really the bottom line with uh, getting to, to listen is to uh, follow through with what your expectations are, much like children. So what are some of the most common problems people would have with their dog? The most common problem um, is communication. You know, there's the, the usual things, the pulling on a leash, the jumping on us and all those types of things. But the common den denominator is uh, communications. Uh, many clients come into class uh, and they can't effectively communicate to the dog what their expectations are. Um, and that's where we come in. We teach the people how to communicate to their dogs so that the dog is listening. Um, and that pretty much plays into all the behavior problems we have. Uh, if we can communicate to them what to do, then the behavior problems seem to go away. So let's talk a little bit about training because a lot of people have gotten new pets during this time and we now have a lot of restrictions. So, you know, how are you handling the new restrictions? Are there some ways that people can still access training um, through your services? Uh, you know, maybe you could share a little bit about some of those adjustments that you've made. 
when we went back in uh, the spring, uh, we basically halved our classes. So we made the classes smaller so that we could get uh, distance, social distancing between uh, the dogs. We got a 2,400 square foot uh, facility. So there's only five or six dogs in there and there's only one person per dog allowed in the facility. Um, and so that gave us our space. Uh, then we um, put in hand sanitizer stations to all the people's were masks. As far as uh, this time now, we're shut down. So we have FaceTime, Skype, or Zoom. We can cover all the behavior problems in there or just work on the basics with people and their dogs uh, in a session. So what are some, um, you know, basics of obedience? And, you know, because I know you had already mentioned some things like, for example, the dog not jumping when you come in the door. But what are some other basic things that really are good um, teaching that can benefit the dog and the owner and that relationship can be more enjoyable? The basics are sit down, stand, stay, walking and healing on a loose leash. Those are the basic commands. Those commands put a foundation in and the foundation is it's what we want is a foundation of a working relationship uh, with us and the dog. Um, so if we establish that working relationship, then uh, what happens is the dog now knows its place. It knows uh, its place in the household. And once you have that, the dog is much more comfortable, much calmer. Um, and those basic commands are really what establish um, that relationship. So relationships are really important. Earlier, we were talking about pet adoption with uh, Kent Latanzio. If a dog comes into your home and, and has some issues, uh, here's <laughs> a long-standing question. Can you yeah. teach an old dog new tricks? Certainly. We've had uh, dogs come in at the age of 10. Uh, with owners, they're new owners, uh, and they have learned to do some training and things like that. It's important to remember with uh, people that uh, is to have patience. Uh, a lot of the dogs that come in that have been rehomed have some quote unquote issues. Basically, the dog has learned to deal with things a certain way, and we just have to retrain them how to deal with whatever it is they're doing. And that takes patience and understanding from the owner. It also sounds like there's a little bit of human training involved there because it's about, you know, thinking about how to like, what do we want that relationship to be with our pet? Right. And, um, you know, earlier we were also talking about sometimes um, it, it's important that there's a match, right? So if you have a pet that's maybe rather active and you maybe weren't as active, there may be some tips and things that I'm sure you could help them with to be able to now meet the dog's needs as well as the human's needs. So if you had a really active pet and you weren't an active person, then the biggest thing, first of all, is don't start doing things you wouldn't normally do. So as let's say I hate jogging, but I bought a border collie and a border collie reads, really needs a lot of exercise. So I decided to, I'm going to take up jogging and I actually do. And I start running three miles every morning, you know, but eventually because I don't like running, I'm going to stop. But my border collie needs a three mile run every morning. So now I've taught the dog that uh, I've got an athlete now in the house who needs three miles of run and I don't want to do it. So what we do is we do things that we will maintain. So we'll teach the dog to retrieve, say, so my, I can go in my backyard. I can sit on my Adirondack chair, have my coffee, throw the ball for the dog. They can run off and get it, bring it back. I can sit and do what I like to do, which is to sit in my Adirondack chair and uh, don't have to run, but my dog's getting tired out. So there's things we can do to uh, have an active dog, but um, not have to do the activity ourselves if we don't want to. We talked about the basics uh, of training, the sit, stand, and, and uh, leash, and so on. But what are yeah. some of the other levels uh, that you 
take people to at the obedience school uh, how far um, can you go with with uh, training with training you can go as far as you want we have a more much more advanced classes uh in obedience um we also have agility and agility is where they're running through tunnels and over frames and dog walks uh, we also do scent work classes which is kind of new now uh, the beauty of scent work classes is that it's something we can uh, teach the dog and eventually use at home for when those those days that we can't get out, it's pouring rain or what have you. And uh, we can have our dog look for a scent around the house um, and it keeps them active doing something. It tires them out. Again, those active dogs again. And the beauty of the scent work classes as well is, is that... Uh, uh, any dog can do it. So if we have an older dog, uh, we have a disabled dog, we have, a, we have a deaf dog actually in the class. Those dogs can participate in that. So it's kind of a nice, uh, nice thing for those guys. Well, besides getting a pet uh, and starting, how did we start to contact you? So you can check our website at petsbustraining.com. Uh, you can contact us at uh, 519-438-4545. Or you can uh, email us as well and that, or contact us through that website. Doug, thanks very much for your time here this morning. And we uh, hope that people will have a little better time with that pet that's uh, at home with them right now. Oh, you're welcome. We've been talking to Doug Hamilton of Pets Plus Obedience Training Limited, uh, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. Look for them in the BBB Business Directory if you want to learn more. Our dialogue on dogs continues after the break as we look to how to avoid puppy scams. And we are back with more on dogs as we look at the dramatic increase in reports of puppy scams. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. Dramatic increase can be underscored. The BBB scam tracker saw a huge spike in pet fraud reports as early as April of last year with nearly 4,000 reports from the US and Canada. That continued into the holiday season. In November 2020, the tracker saw 337 reports compared to 77 for the same month in 2019. Wow, so, so what's happening with these scams? People are searching online to find a pet and with the lockdown, you obviously can't go out shopping in person. They find a puppy and end up paying hundreds of dollars, and the puppy never, ever arrives. You said hundreds of dollars? Yeah, the median loss is about $750, and people aged 35 to 55 accounts for about half of the reported scams. So what has BBB found out that explains why the scammers are having such great success? Well, first, it's about demand. People are lonely because of the pandemic lockdowns, so they feel a pet might relieve some of the tension. Plus, they feel that they have more time to be at home to train a puppy if they've ever wanted one before. An added factor is that the scammers now have also new tools or excuses. The fraudsters tell the would-be pet owners they cannot meet the animals before sending money because of the pandemic lockdown rules. So what are some of the things that we should bear in mind if we do want to buy a pet? Well, there are a couple of things to consider. Um, one would be adopting from an agency like the London Animal Care Centre. If you go online to purchase a pet, make sure that you can see the pet in person before paying any money. 
so in person, meaning virtually. The pandemic has allowed for many people to do video calls. So you can set that up with a seller so you can see both the seller and the actual pet. And scammers aren't really likely to comply with that request for a video call. So that might stop the scam right there. So what are some of the other steps that are recommended in this uh, BBB release, Monica? Well, do some research to get an idea of a fair price for the breed you're considering. If it's a purebred and it's being advertised at a deeply discounted price, chances are it's fraudulent. And if you think that you may have been scammed or have spotted a scam, report it to the BBB scam tracker. There's a lot more detail in the report on puppy scams there as well. And you can access it on BBB.org website. And that's our time for Ask BBB this week, Monica. Before we go, a quick reminder that January 28th, that's Thursday this coming week, is Data Privacy Day. It was originally called Change Your Password Day, but changing your password is just one of the number of things you should keep in mind to protect your privacy in cyberspace. You can check out some of the other ways on bbb.org under latest news and search for data privacy. And remember, you can contact us anytime on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. If you have a question or a guest suggestion, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. And thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Remember, Ask BBB. And start with trust.